principles of ubiquitin and sumo modifications in DNA repair. Stephen Berging and Stefan Gentisch from Max Planck Institute of Biochemistry, Germany, Nature, 2009. With the discovery in the late 1980s that the DNA repair gene RAD6 encodes a ubiquitin conjugating enzyme, it became clear that protein modification by ubiquitin conjugation has a much broader significance that had previously been assumed. Now, two decades later, ubiquitin and its cousin, SUMO, are implicated in a range of human diseases, including breast cancer and Fanconi anemia, giving fresh momentum to studies focused on the relationship between ubiquitin, SUMO and DNA repair pathways. Modifications of proteins by conjugation of ubiquitin, ubiquitin or its relative SUMO, SUMO elation, is central to most aspects of eukaryotic life. As for phosphorylation, these modifications are reversible, making them ideally suited for regulatory purposes. The conjugation of these modifiers is ATP dependent and involves activic enzymes E1, conjugating enzymes E2 and ligases E3. In the ubiquitin pathway, substrate specificity is usually provided by the E3 ligases, which typically have substrate binding sites and sometimes by a combina combination of E3 ligases with two E2 enzymes. To achieve high specificity, cells express many different E2s and even more E3s, and these enzymes are often targets for regulation. Surprisingly, although simulation also affects a large number of substrates, its pathway is much simpler and involves an E1, a single E2, and only few E3 ligases. UBC9 usually binds the substrate directly by the SUMO E3, also seem to contribute to substrate specificity. SUMO elation often targets a leasing residue within a consensus sequence, but other leasing residues can be modified as well. In contrast to yeast, vertebrates have three SUMO variants. Complexity arises because both ubiquitin and SUMO can form polymodifier chains, that is, they can become conjugated to leasing residues of another already substrate conjugated modifier molecule. In contrast to polyubiquitin chains, little is known about the general function of polysumo chains. Yes, sumo and mammalian sumo 2-3 can form chains, but sumo 1 cannot. In this case of the protein PML, the polysumoliation recruits the ubiquitin ligase RNF4 for polyubiquitination and protein degradation. Further complication came to light with the discovery that breached three like polyubiquitin modifications occur in vivo when multiple ubiquitin lysines are used and that SUMO may be modified by ubiquitin. 
possibly resulting in mixed ubiquity in sumo chains although the relevance of these modifications is currently unclear importantly both ubiquitation and sumoration are reversible and hydrolases can remove the modifications completely or trim the modifier chains or trees to a certain size the available structural data suggests that the modifiers may introduce conformational changes of the substrates but they usually barely affect the folding of the conjugated substrate around the attachment site this is probably due to the fact that the carbonex terminal glycine residues of the modifiers are positioned on flexible protruding tails however because the modifiers are proteins they often provide surfaces for protein intercalation or because of the bulkiness prevent or loosen protein protein interactions downstream factors partners that bind to the various types of modifications of factor that are repelled by these modifications are therefore crucial indeed many different sequence motifs have been identified that represent binding modules specific for ubiquitin such as ubiquitin associated uba demands ubiquitin interface interacting motifs uim or ubiquitin binding zinc finger ubz domains or sumo interacting motifs sim remarkably some of them can even distinguish between the different types of polymodifier linkages regulation of repair by ubiquitination although early studies suggested that the central function of ubiquitin might be proteosomal degradation it is now becoming clear that protein modification by ubiquitination or simulation has a much broader significance especially eye-catching is the fact that various nuclear functions seems to be controlled by ubiquitination and simulation moreover mass spectroscopy has identified prominent nuclear proteins as substrates for these modifiers most notably for sumo stringly all the major dna repair pathways damage avoidance mechanisms and checkpoint responses are regulated in some way by ubiquitination, simulation or both. Indeed, genes of the RAD6 damage tolerance pathway encode mostly enzymes involved in the ubiquitin pathway. Similarly, the interstand cross-link repair pathway linked to Fanconi anemia seems to consist largely of enzymes and substrates of the ubiquitin system. DNA can be damaged in different ways and lesions can arise through exogenous and endogenous damage. The type of damage and the cell cycle stage at which it occurs determine the pathway used for repair. DNA damage usually induces the activation of DNA repair or damage avoidance pathways and often a checkpoint response that triggers cell cycle arrest to make time for the repair. This reaction, referred to as the DNA damage response DDR, is typically initiated by proteins that recognize DNA lesions. 
and is followed by the recruitment and activation of proteins that trigger checkpoint signaling or directly perform the necessary repair steps. In some cases, repair takes place within large protein assemblies for recombinational repair, for example, in which are microscopically identifiable as repair foci. When the repair is completed, the machinery needs to be disassembled and the DDR turned off. DDR pathways provide startling cases of regulation by ubiquitin and SUMO, as every phase of these modifiers seems to be involved. Moreover, some of these pathways provide illuminating examples of how these two modification systems can talk to each other and coordinate these complex events. Here we focus on few illuminating cases and reflect on the basic mechanisms and principles of modification by ubiquitin and SOMO, given their relationship to disease such as breast cancer, Fanconi anemia and Xenoderma pigmentosum. The ways ubiquitin and SOMO affect the NRPA pathways has become something of a hot topic. Regulation of nucleotide excision repair most DDR pathways are controlled by the ubiquitin proteasome pathways, UPS. Examples are the degradation of stalled RNA polymerases and damaged DNA templates, or the degradation of repair proteins after completed repair. A case that merits special attention is, the, is found within the nucleotide excision repair, NER pathway. NER, perhaps the best known for its ability to repair ultraviolet light-induced lesions, also act on most helix-distorting lesions. Lesions of this type are recognized by the XPC protein, Xenoderma pigmentosum group C complex, and the ultraviolet light DNA damage binding UVDDB complex. When the lesion is recognized, the DNA surrounding the site is melted by helicases of the TFIIH complex. When the lesion containing oligonucleotide has been existed, DNA polymerases fill in the resulting cup. XPC encoded by one of the genes mutated in patients with the DNA repair disorder Xenoderma pigmentosum forms a complex with the calcium binding EF hand-centrin 2 protein CDC31 in yeast and with either of the two related human proteins RAD23A and RAD23B. These relatives of the yeast escort factor RAD23 have C-terminal ubiquitin binding molecules UBA domains which recognize ubiquitin protein conjugates and an N-terminal ubiquitin-like domain, which normally targets the protein together with the bound ubiquitin conjugate to the proteasome. How ubiquitination and the proteasome are involved in NER is a matter of debate, but several findings suggest non-canonical roles. In yeast, the XPC-related RAD4 protein is ubiquitated and degraded by proteasomes. 
unexpectedly. However, in contrast to other known proteosomal pathways, RAD23 seems to protect RAD4 and XPC from degradation. In humans, XPC ubiquitylation is carried out by a specific choline-based ubiquitylin ligase complex. This ligase is normally kept in check by association with the COP9 signalosome, which represses its ligase activity. However, the signalosome dissociated from the ligase at DNA lesions whereupon the two lesion recognition proteins XPC and DDB2 are ubiquitylated. The consequences of the modification of the two substrates are different, however, as DDB2 polyubiquitylation triggers its destruction, whereas XPC polyubiquitylation does not. Polyubiquitylated XPC has a high affinity for DNA, both damaged and undamaged, in vitro suggesting a regulatory role. Whether these very different fates are caused by different types of ubiquitin chain, for example, linked at the lesion at position 48, lease 48 versus lease 63, is not known. But an attractive idea is that polyubiquitylated XPC, perhaps in complex with RAD23 proteins, fosters the formation of specific protein assemblies needed for efficient repair. Studies in yeast suggest a non-proteolic role for the 19S cap of the proteosome in NER. This is surprising as the 19S cap, usually part of the complex 26S proteosome, functions normally in substrate unfolding before substrate degradation. Because the 19S cap contains AAA type ATPases, it has been suggested that the 19S particle might function in NER by remodeling repair protein complexes. Although the precise UPS driving events in NER are far from clear, it is reasonable to speculate that perhaps a non-proteolytic function, for example remodeling, is followed by proteosomal degradation, conceivably to clear the repair sites of sub superseded repair proteins. As in other pathways, these two steps may be triggered by two types of ubiquitin modifications, for example mono- or oligoubiquitylation, followed by a least 48 linked polyubiquitylation. A ubiquitin sumo switch ward. One of the most stringing cases of control by ubiquitin and sumo is the proliferating cell nuclear antigen, PCNA. This homotrimeric ring shaped protein that encycles DNA acts as a processing factor for DNA polymerases and as a moving platform for factors that mediate replication linked functions such as chromatin assembly or sister chromatin cohesion. Remarkably, PCNA can be modified on the same conserved lysine residue, LIS-164, either by monoubiquitylation, LIS-63-linked polyubiquitin chains, or SUMO. Both ubiquitylation and sumulation of PCNA occur in S-phase, but ubiquitylation specifically occurs when DNA is damaged, 
unexpectedly about half of the known genes of the yeast RAD6 DNA damage tolerance pathway encode enzymes that catalyze PCNA ubiquitination. Among these, RAD18 and RAD5 are E3 ubiquitin ligases of the ring finger class. RAD6 itself is a conventional E2 ubiquitin conjugating enzyme, whereas UBC13 and MMS2 the latter lacks the active site sitting residue, form a heterodimeric E2 with the unique property of catalyzing attachment of least 63 linked polyubiquitin chains. RAD6 and RAD18 catalyze PCNA ubiquitination, whereas UBC13, MMS2 and rad are needed to extend the modification by at least 63 linked polyubiquitin chain. The two ligases, RAD18 and RAD5, can heterodimerize and both bind PCNA directly. During ES phase, damaged DNA can lead to stalled replication forks, which in turn generate single-stranded DNA segments. These are subsequently coated by the heterotrimeric RPA protein. RPA then recruits RAD18 to these sites and owing to the affinity of RAD18 for PCNA and RAD6 monoubiquitylates PCNA on its least 164 residue. PCNA monoubiquitylation mediates translation synthesis TLS that is DNA synthesis across the damaged sites. TLS is catalyzed by a set of specialized polymerases that can accommodate various bulk lesions at their active sites. Because of this fe feature, TLS polymerases are error-prone and can also insert an incorrect nucleotide, making TLS mutagenic. Remarkably, several TLS polymerases have ubiquitin binding motifs for example, UBM and UBZ domains, which may enable them to interact more specifically with monoubiquilated PCNA. Polyubiquilation may, may happen if TLS fails, perhaps depending on the lesion, and results in a recombination-related error-free bypass. Precisely how this pathway works and whether polyubiquilated PCNA recruits a specific factor are currently unknown. Yeast PCNA can also be stimulated on list 164 and to a minor extent on list 127. Both lysine residues are located on the outside rim of the ring-shaped molecule away from the N-cycle DNA. Sumoliated PCNA specifically recruits SRS2, a helicase-like enzyme, which potently strips the recombinase RAD51 from chromatin. This mechanism may aid replication by preventing unwanted recombination between the newly formed sister chromatids, notably SRS2 can bind PCNA directly, but thanks to a C-terminal sumo-interacting domain, SIM, 
it binds sumulated PCNA with much higher affinity. The second sumulation site, list 127, lies directly on the binding pocket for most PCNA interacting proteins, PIP box proteins. Thus, list 127 simulation and to a lesser extent list 164 simulation seems to prevent interaction with proteins that bind to this pocket through the PIP boxes. One such factor is ECO1, which binds PCNA via PIP box and establishes sister chromatid cohesion in S phase. Unexpectedly, ECO1 binding to PCNA is prevented not only by PCNA simulation but also by the binding of UBC9 to PCNA. These findings suggest a reset button model in which binding of UBC9 to PCNA followed by PCNA simulation may kick off PIP box protein from PCNA allowing a fresh rebinding of other PIP box proteins once PCNA is desimulated. Because the list 164 of PCNA is a target for ubiquitin and sumo, the two modifiers compete for the substrate. Remarkably, UBC9 also physically interacts with RAD18 and RAD5 suggesting that the enzyme are part of a ubiquitin sumo switchboard and that PCNA ubiquitilation and sumulation can collaborate during reapplication. It is theoretically also possible, although currently speculative, that individual subunits of the homotrimeric protein may be modified by different modifiers to regulate events in a stepwise fashion. Sumo and structural changes in the case described above, ubiquitin and SUMO can either attract a protein TLS polymerases SRS2 or repel a binding factor ECO1. An example of how SUMO can directly influence its substrate is found within the base extension repair BER pathway. BER selectively replaces DNA damage that occur, usually on its basis by alkylation, oxidation and deamination. The lesion is recognized by glycosylides which excise the affected base resulting in a, a basic site, a purinic or a pyrimidinic AP. The phosphodiester bond 5' of the AP site is then cleaved by AP endonucleases, APE, and the gap is filled in by DNA synthesis and ligation. Thymine DNA glycosylase TDG hydrolyzes the N glycosidic bonds of thymine and uracil when mismatched with guanine. Modification of TDG by SUMO1 and SUMO3 causes the dissociation of the enzyme from the product AP site, which results in efficient enzymatic turnover. Controlled dissociation of TDG from the substrate is apparently needed to couple base extension faithfully with APE active activity re reducing the exposure of the potentially ha hazardous AP site.
crystal structure data of the central domain of the enzyme conjugated to sumo suggests that the conjugated sumo interacts with the sumo binding element in the enzyme. This intramolecular interaction seems to lead to the protrusion of a helix, which might in turn interfer with DNA binding. Sumo and nuclear territories. The repair of double-stranded breaks DSB provides another example of the way simulation can affect protein function and how it might cooperate with ubiquitination. DSB are mostly caused by exogenous agents, such as gamma radiation of certain chemical compounds, but also occasionally occur during faulty replication. They are also actively induced in specific processes, such as meiosis, a combination of immunoglobin genes and yeast mating type switching. Major pathways for DSP repair are homologous recombination HR and non-homologous end joining NHEJ. HR starts with the recruitment of the MRN complex MRX in yeast to the break. The complex then retethers the broken ends together and mediates DNA strand resection, forming single-stranded DNA at the BRAC. The single-stranded DNA is then rapidly coated and protected by the heterotrimeric RPA complex. An important mediator of recombination is RAD52 and in humans also BRCA2. This wheel-shaped homo-oligomeric protein removes RPA from chromatin and replaces it with the recombinases RAD51 forming nucleoprotein filaments. RAD51 finally catalyzes recombination between homologous sequences. RAD52 is simulated when the DSP is induced and is stimulated by the MRX complex. Interestingly, RAD52 simulation rises with the amount of HR substrates and mutant RAD52 proteins lacking the simulation sites are degraded more rapidly by the ubiquitin proteasome pathway under these conditions. As RAD52 is stable and the absence of DSPs, this suggests that only recombination engaged RAD52 proteins are prone to ubiquitin-dependent degradation. Simulations may shelter the protein from accelerated degradation, perhaps by sequencing the protein into repair foci. Undesired recombination between homologous sequences, such as the DNA repeats encoding ribosomal RNA, RDNA, is a particular challenge for HR. In the case of RDNA, this seems to be accomplished in part by restraining the activity of HR within the nucleus, where the RDNA usually resides. If DSP arise at the RDNA locus, they are repaired outside the nucleus, but within the nucleoplasm, as indicated by the formation of extranuclear repair foci. Indeed, nucleoli seem to be dynamic as DNA frequently exists and re-enters the nucleus. In the absence of RAD52 
somylation, hyperrecombination within the RDNA cluster occurs, accompanied by the appearance of extragenomic RDNA circles, ECRs. Whether, whether RAD52 simulation actively prevents productive HR protein assembly in the nucleus or whether it immobilizes repair complexes in the nucleoplasm is an open question. Crosstalk between ubiquitination and phosphorylation. The repair DSBs in mammalian cells is linked in the, to the crosstalk between ubiquitination and phosphorylation. The repair of DSBs in the mammalian cells is linked to the PRCA1 gene, which is mutated in some patients with breast cancer. BRCA1 encodes the E3 ubiquitin ligase. Another E3 ligase, RNF8, has also been mapped to damaged sites. RNF8 has an N-terminal FHA domain, which upon DNA damage binds to the phosphorylated region of MDC1. This, in turn, binds phosphorylated H2AX, a well-known chromatin mark for DNA damage. The accumulation of RNF8 at DNA lesions results in the recruitment of 53BP1 and BRCA1, causing extensive ubiquitination for proteins at the damage site. Known targets of RNF8 are the histone H2A and its variant H2AX, of which the former has previously been identified as a ultraviolet light induced ubiquitulation substrate. RNF8 collaborates with the E2 enzyme UBC13, which also functions in the error-free branch of the RAD6 pathway. Indeed, in UBC13 deficient chicken cells, BRCA1 does not accumulate at damaged sites and H2AX ubiquitulation does not occur after radiation. The protein RAP18, which contains a UIM, is necessary for BRCA1 accumulation in damaged sites. In UBC13 and RNF8, depleted cells RAP18 accumulation is abolished. Because UBC13 is involved in the catalysis of LIS63 linked polyubiquitin chains, and because RAP18 exhibits preference for this type of modification, it is likely that ubiquitin has a non proteolytic role in this pathway. It is unclear whether RAP18 binds directly to polyubiquitinated H2A, a modified histone variant, or to an unidentified RNF8 target, as well as facilitating the recruitment of downstream factors, histone ubiquitulation might affect chromatin structure, possibly leading to repair or damage signaling. A similar accumulation of ubiquitin has been seen at sites of NER. Like H to AX phosphorylation, 
H2A ubiquitination also depends on DNA damage. However, whether different types of DNA lesions lead to a similar DDR response is unclear. Regulating DDR signaling Ubiquitylation and sumulation are transient and reversible modifications, and the enzymes that remove the modifiers have an important regulatory role. An example of the importance of deubiquitylation is given in the Falcone anemia pathway, which mediates the resolution of DNA understrand crosslinks. Damage of this type is highly cytotoxic and needs a, a combination of the HR, NER, and TLS pathways. Deficiency in one of the known 13FA genes results in hypersensitivity to DNA crosslinkers. Most of the identified Fanconi anemia proteins constitute a single large multi-subunit E3 ubiquitin ligase and two others, FENCD2 and FENCI, are the corresponding substrates which relocate to chromatin when ubiquitylated. The function of these proteins at the chromatin and in the subsequent steps is currently unknown, however. The deubiquitylation enzyme USP1 acts on both FANCD2 and FANCUI and also on PCNA. A loss of USP1 activity results in the ubiquitylation of these proteins. Even if there is no DNA damage, chicken cells in which the gene encoding USP1 has been knocked out displays hypersensitivity to DNA crosslinkers, the hallmark of Fanconi anemia, suggesting that the deubiquitylation of FANCD2 and FANCUI is crucial for repair. USP1 contains an internal domain related to ubiquitin C terminus, which promotes autocleavage. However, because the cleaved enzyme is still proteolytically active and an engineered non-cleavable variant can partly complement USP-deficient cells, the function of USP1 autocleavage is unknown. Nevertheless, because both the ubiquitylation and the deubiquitylation of FANCD2 and FANCI seem to be crucial for normal DNA cross-link repair, it is likely that different levels of regulation are important to guide and coordinate repair enzymes at this site of lesions. Thoughts and ideas Future studies will no doubt reveal further links between ubiquitylation and stimulation and human diseases, including DNA repair disorders. Both types of modification function in two general ways, as an adhesive or a repellent. The various surfaces of the two modifiers provide binding sites for protein-protein interactions, but their bulkiness can block other interactions. Several interactions of ubiquitin or sumo with cognate binding proteins are relatively weak. However, sometimes binding occur even in the absence of modification, but the attached modifiers 
greatly strengthen the associations. It therefore seems plausible that protein assemblies may be firmly held in place by additive weak interactions between several modifiers and several modifier binding modules present on different proteins of the assembly. As a result, the assembly of complexes is less efficient when there is no damage, that is, when proteins are unmodified. In this model, this assembly is initiated by deubiquitylation and destimulation enzymes, or alternatively by the repellent activities of the modifiers. Because many nuclear functions take place within large protein assemblies, it will be interesting to see whether the key functions of the two modifiers are perhaps to define nuclear territories, to assemble or disassemble nuclear activities, or to provide directionality to a pathway by a stepwise organization of protein complexes that should function one after the other. Thank you for listening. If you have any suggestion, review or article you would like to listen to, follow me on Twitter, pub reading, and let's connect.